Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of January 30th, 2023, season five, episode number four. This week we talk about the Foo Fighters replacing Pantera at two German music festivals due to Phil Anselmo's past controversies regarding race and culture. Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger sell off their rights to the Doors music catalog. And Billy Corgan, Axl Rose, and more perform and honor the late Lisa Marie Presley and more. Plus, this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com. And watch us live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. All right, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here with David again. What's up, man? How's it going? It's pretty good. Nice week this week. Yeah, nice weather. Not too bad. Didn't get flooded out like we did the last uh, week here in town. So, yeah, pretty nice. Um, But, yeah, we got lots to get to this week, so let's get to it. Um, Some interesting headlines as we were talking about it uh, off the air. That uh, Foo Fighters is going to be replacing Pantera at two German music festivals uh, this summer. We'll talk about why, because it's it has to do with Phil Anselmo and stuff he said at some shows. Uh, Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger selling off their rights to the Doors music catalog. Billy Corgan, Axl Rose, and more performing uh, to honor the late Lisa Marie Presley. We got our rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, all that good stuff. Check it all out, rocknewsweekly.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, at Rock News Weekly. You'll find us, uh, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. A little early this week, uh, but want get, to get it out there as soon as possible to you guys. So let's get to it. We've got some interesting tour news to kick it off. All right, Dave, what do you think of this tour announcement here? This is Rockfest in Wisconsin. Cadeau, Wisconsin? I'll tell you, that one looks, that one right there in the middle there, Slipknot. That yeah. fits right there in those Wisconsin woods. <laughs> That's right. The Slenderman lives out there, <laughs> and it's uh, it's it's chilling with Mushroom Head too. Yeah, they're just yeah, like yeah. Slipknot. Uh, they're just, man, they're that even is, a little creepier. That is my uh, that's my <laughs> whew, treading on my home turf. That make me feel a little nervous, but yeah, that yeah. looks good. That looks good. It's weird that this one is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday festival. Um, I don't know if it's because of the good Lord on Sunday. That they didn't want this devilish music, <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's, it's kind of unusual. It's yeah, it's it, it said there's a Wednesday night bonus bash with Soul Asylum and Alien Ant Farm. Well, s- Sunday night is DUI night. Uh, right, <laughs> <laughs> that's a local it tradition. Yes, yeah, yeah. a local tradition. Everybody's got about five or six DUIs. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> but for everybody listening, we're talking about the Rock Fest in Cadeau, Wisconsin. Uh, that's happening. What are the dates here? Uh, July 13th through the 15th, and Pantera's headlining on Thursday with Ice Cube in this moment, The Ghost Inside. Then we have Slipknot on Friday, Falling in Reverse, Ice Nine Kills, Asking Alexandria, and then Godsmack on Saturday with Papa Roach, Highly Suspect, and Everclear. Um, pretty well-rounded fest for the most part, I guess. And that's an outdoor? Uh, I guess so. Uh, that would um, be lovely weather. Where, where? Balmy. What does it say? It says just Cadeau, Wisconsin, so yeah. 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 I don't know. Oh, featuring the Hell's Hell's a Poppin' Circus Sideshow. <laughs> Hell's a Poppin'. Wow. Oh. That's hell, it must Sounds be like a poppin'. California show. I know, right? Hell's Doesn't sound like you find that in Wisconsin. Um, all right, check out this one. Cruel World Festival. Uh, Saturday, one-day um, one festival, May 20th in Pasadena. What's the, what this stands one looks out? Really good. Hu- the Human League. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Oh, that that looks great. I mean, all those. Look at that. Billy Idol, Iggy Billy Pop Idol, the same show. They Iggy Pop, great. Susie from Susie and the Banshees, yeah. Love and Rockets uh, from across the pond. There, Echo and the Bunnymen as well. Adam Ant, some names that oh whoa, some names that you don't see yeah. very often on festival lineups, uh, especially uh, over here in the U.S. These are maybe more popular in the U.K., uh, but really strong lineup. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that went to this last year when it was Morrissey headlining oh wow and some other ones and he said it was the most expensive festival he's been to that he's still paying it off 
that not only were the tickets uh, very, very expensive, just everything like $15 for a drink, you know, $15 minimum for any type of food. Uh, just they just and then once you're in there, you're in there and you want to go all day because you want to try and catch all these bands. Right. Well, if you go too early, you better bring a lot of money because you're going to be stuck in there and there's no no in and outs. And uh, yeah, you say in the bottle bathroom, wa- bottle of water, sixteen dollars. Yeah, like that, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but good lineup there. I think it's different, kind of cool. Good to see Iggy Pop out there. Yeah. All right, this is another one that I thought was a pretty cool uh, show. Did you hear about this one? Well, it looks really cool. Willie Nelson ninety. It's Willie Nelson's ninetieth birthday bash, April 29th and thirtieth at the Hollywood Bowl. You can go to WillieNelson ninety dot com. It's kind of hard to believe. I mean, someone like Willie Nelson, who seems like he just has such an old soul. Yep. Could have been 90 about 20 years <laughs> I ago. I know, right? But you wouldn't have you wouldn't have noticed, really. Now he actually is. And then, wow, that's... I know. It's kind of a trip. Uh, Willie Nelson's one of those guys that you're just like, man, uh, he's a treasure. He's a, a treasure of a musician that we have here in the U.S. that he's still able to do his thing, right? Well, I mean, evidence, like, the lineup's so varied. Yeah, so check it out. We got, of course, Willie Nelson will be there, but we got Allison Russell, Beck, Billy Strings, Bobby Weir from The Grateful Dead, Charlie Crockett, Chris Stapleton. Uh, goes on and on to Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg. Cheryl Crow, um, Particle Kid, Nathaniel Rateliff, Tom Jones, The Lumineers, The Avett Brothers, Sturgill Simpson, Ziggy Marley, Warren Haynes, Tyler Childers. Uh, so many uh, artists on there. So it's it's got something for everybody. And Willie Nelson just shows what a cool guy and how he's well-respected across the board yeah. in the music community. doesn't matter what genre, you know. Uh, that can't be said for a lot of... Uh, good music is good music. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So Willie Nelson, man, that's going to be a heck of a show. That's pretty awesome. All right, what do you think of this one? The Austin Psych Fest. April 28th through the 30th, 2023 this year. Toro you know, I didn't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it's it kind of... It struck me as a little weird. It is. It's the... It's the um, it's kind of the indie, psychedelic, kind of newer and uh, more modern For version. Austin. Yeah. So they got Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Black Angels, um, Toro y Moi, Crumb, Acid Mother's Temple... It's definitely out there, out of left field. But, I mean, if you guys are into that kind of stuff and you're looking for something different, Austin is really hip and kind of trying to do stuff that's, uh, you know, kind of different out there. So you so. might need to educate me a little bit. I noticed we had uh, Acid Mother's Temple, and we also have Acid Dad. <laughs> the what two, exactly is yeah, going on there? Two, two different uh, people, but apparently a lot of acid going around with mom and, and dad. mother and father. Mother and father, you know, sharing the acid. Uh, at the Psych Fest in Austin, Texas. No, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not familiar with all those bands at all. Uh, the only one I really know is Toro y Moi. They're kind of a down-tempo electronic-style type of group. Okay. Uh, and then Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is kind oh, of yeah. like, um, you know, indie. They remind me a lot of Death From Above 1979, but maybe more extended-type jams, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so anyway, uh, if you guys are in the Austin area, check that out. All right, Across the Pond in Leeds. Temple Newsom or Nusa in, in Hatfield Park in the UK. It's called the Slam Dunk Festival. And this is who's out there on, it looks like two days. Or is it one day? No, it's just one day. Saturday, May 27th. We got the Offspring headlining out there. Enter Shikari, Billy Talent, Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake. Look at all these bands from the 90s here. Yeah. Melancholy. Well, that was my first thought. Teenage I thought to myself. Yeah. Slam Dunk doesn't doesn't strike me as the right <laughs> name for like little uh, p- punk bands from the nineties. I know. I don't. I don't get that. It must be a UK thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a slam. It's dunk. a slam dunk in it. In this it. lineup. It's a slam dunk. It's a real good show. <laughs> Yellow card, creeper, the Menzingers. Uh, yeah. So there you go. It awesome. does look fun. Yeah. They always get very diverse festivals. Oh, I guess it's two days. It is two days. Saturday and Sunday. Of the 28th of May, Slam Dunk Festival. So there you go. All right, slamdunkfestival.com. Coheed and Cambria, no heat, no world for the Waking Mind Tour with Never Ender. What? Uh, I don't know. NWF? Yeah, I love WM? No World for the Waking Mind. I love that there's <laughs> just, just people will know what that means, yep. right? And then Deaf Heaven, they're a really good band too that's uh, opening up for Coheed on this tour. So check that out, October 7th. Los Angeles, 
that's pretty much the only date we get here in California. Um, but yeah, it's happening April 28th, and then it, they take a break, kind of, it looks like, between May and September, and pick it up again. So if you're a Deaf Heaven fan or a Coheed and Cambria fan, check that one out. All right, let's move on to the rock news. Axl Rose, Billy Corgan, Alanis Morissette performing at Lisa Marie Presley's memorial. This was um, this was a sad event, um, but bittersweet that um, these people came out to pay tribute that normally they don't do this kind of stuff, especially Axl Rose. Um, mm-hmm. Axl, he's one of those guys that, and I was talking about it, I think maybe with you or uh, some other people, just how over the years it seems like Axl Rose is really like on this arc of redemption mm-hmm. that he used to be notorious for being late. Loud, uh, you know, loud mouth, uh, you know, uh, putting on crappy shows, drugged out of his mind. Now he's like really on the up and up, and it, and he's putting on amazing shows. Hardworking guy. Well, look at him in that. Picture. He lost all this weight. He looks great. Yeah, and uh, you know he's on a really nice arc right now. So just really cool to see him doing this stuff. Performing, he performed November Rain. Um, Billy Corgan sang to Sheila with Alanis Morissette singing her song Rest. And then they had, uh, you know, just a bunch of other speakers there and everything. It was really nice. But just wanted to give a shout-out to them, Billy Corgan and uh, Axl Rose and Alanis, for doing that. I thought it was really nice. Yeah, that's good. means a lot to the family. All right, so let's get into some uh, controversy. As we were talking about this off the air, that this is a kind of a wild situation we're having here. The Pantera reunion was a big reunion news this year, and everybody was excited about it. But apparently in German... Uh, at these two German festivals in Germany, excuse me, um, they're not so excited about it because they dug up some footage that apparently during a 2016 concert, it was a Dime Bash event, so they have these events called Dime Bash that celebrated the legacy of Dimebag Daryl, who used to be the um, guitar player from Pantera, passed away, tragically was shot on stage, actually, uh, at a show in Ohio. Uh, I think it was 2007. Anyway, so Philip Anselmo made a Nazi-style salute and screamed white power during a 2016 event in Hollywood. The singer claims he made an off-color joke about drinking white wine backstage and made the comment and gesture to audience members taunting him. So he was trying to find any way out of wow. that. What do you believe? Do you believe that was, was all about white? Yeah, white power is like, I love white wine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> gosh, 2016? Really? Like... Not that you're long gonna, ago. You, I mean, in 2016, that was a that was a heavy time for people saying that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. ooh, I, I that I kind of find that hard to believe. But I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, gosh, that's that's I, I, that's a hard one to shake off. Well, the German Green Party for the Nuremberg City Council, where one of the festivals takes place, released a statement saying that they wanted to remove the band for, quote, stirring up anti-racist and anti-fascist circles. So Germany, of course, probably still has those types of people. And somebody like Pantera and Phil Anselmo that would maybe stoke those fires, so to speak, didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, and I mean, gosh, am I allowed to cuss on this? Yes, podcast? yes. I, I got to say, fuck a fascist. Yeah. Um. So yes. that's, 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 uh, something they feel really strongly still and rightfully so about. and i think I, I think germany is being proactive with that and they have yeah. been especially with angela merkel uh she's very proactive in that regard she wants no question that they're not supporting any type of stuff like that so good for them and i mean hey look at tons of rock festivals are already happening in the area if you want to go see them finland's sweden they're all you know right in the same area so fans have have their choices all right let's move on to something else this was, uh, it seems to be the new trend with a lot of aging rockers and their catalogs that are uh, reaching this time in their life. Two-fourths of the Doors, Robbie Krieger and the late Ray Manzarek, have sold their complete rights to the band uh, f- to primary wave music, according to Rolling Stone. The deal does not include the interests of fellow surviving member John Densmore, nor the estate of Jim Morrison, so it's separate mm. from them. Uh, but this is their individual portion of the rights for those they've sold it off. So oh, isn't that interesting that you can do half of you know like half of the band sells off their rights to the music? Yeah, is it so? Is it portionate, like proportionate I don't, I don't to know. the? They get a certain number of songs or something. Well, it says like know. Robbie Krieger wrote tunes such as "Light My Fire," "Love Me Two Times," all these ones that he has a writing credit. I think he's oh, able I to see. sell off. Oh, and it does make sense because there's like a 
proportionality to how much you created in the song, I right? Guess, you know? And that has a value. So yeah, uh, that they've sold, they've cashed out. Um, not long before his 2013 death, Ray Manzarek said the anger and the mood of the Doors generation was something very easy for the band to tap into. And I wonder sometimes if that's like the 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 trend these days now with bands. That is it. Do you think that still anger and that mood and that kind of that fire that the Doors had back then is such a different type of band. Do you think some of the younger bands are still able to kind of tap into that now with all the crazy stuff that's going on in the world does makes them angry as well? You know? I, I feel like there is anger, but there is a lot of sort of uh, lost hope. Yeah. You know, the being jaded, hope. right? Jaded and, yeah, feelings, yeah. You know? That's true. It's a different feeling. Maybe now. it was more hopeful back then, like, yeah. you know, in the 60s with change. But anyway, uh, some other uh, older bands sold their um, catalogs as well. So check this out. Uh, the group Yes, uh, Variety reported that the full acquisition of their recorded music rights and income streams includes 12 studio albums as well as live recordings, compilations. Uh, they have a ton of albums, big hits and all that. So Yes, the entire catalog. So it looks like the band has cleared house on that as well. So... Uh, a lot of bands doing this right now, and all the all this means is that we're going to be hearing these songs in advertisements, and movies, and different yeah, things like yeah. that. And Warner Music Group is going to use these songs and things as they see fit. So uh, bands see it as a lucrative deal for them right now. All right, this was interesting. Uh, another kind of a drama story this week: Marilyn Manson and Esme Bianco settle their sexual assault lawsuit. Um, so they have settled out of court and the details have not been revealed. So we don't know what's going on here exactly, but Jay Elwanger, who represents um, Esme Bianco, told the outlet that, quote, Miss Bianco has agreed to resolve her claims against Brian Warner and Marilyn Manson Records in order to move on with her life and her career. So here's the allegations, some of them. Uh, the, the lawsuit claimed that Manson tied her down, whipped her, electrocuted her, and cut her with a knife over the course of several instances that took place between 2009 and 2011. Crazy, Ugh. huh? Well, golly. So, yeah. And just now, 12 years later, this is being like brought to some sort of resolution. So, I mean... Imagine going through that and then dealing with that and the kind of all that for the past 10 years and kind of crazy, right? It makes you think like what? I mean, Marilyn Manson, you know, Marilyn Manson. But what was he thinking? I mean, this is this is 12 years ago. I don't know, man. Is it the Wild West? Could have been drugs. Could have been (laughs) alcohol. Could have been a lot of things. that I don't know that some of these stars and celebrities feel like kind of, I don't know, maybe invincible about it. Well, he's always having something like this pop up. He has been. So it's and she's one of the ones that's actually gone to court and had a had a successful ruling. So well, and you look at she's she's in Game of Thrones, quite successful. That's probably why popularity and some of the other ones maybe not so much. Maybe you don't feel like you have enough power to 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 speak up against someone like this. There was another one with uh, Evan Rachel Wood, I believe that, um, and she was very popular actress. Um, and I think her, her court case is going through as well, which is crazy. So, nuts. All right, let's move on to some Metallica news. They're doing their global premiere, a worldwide listening party, where you can listen to the new album first with fans and cinemas worldwide if you want to watch it in a movie theater. It's one night only on Thursday, April 13th. You can go to Metallica.film and check that out kind of cool to see some of these things in the theater i wouldn't be personally interested in this one from this group but i did see one uh from the rolling stones that they put out a long time ago where they put out concert footage from the exile on main street tour and it was restored for the first time and they had a debut in the theaters for it and it was really cool to see that type of stuff with the sound system for live music on a on a big screen in the theater so Check that out. If you guys are fans of the band, that would be a pretty cool way to, uh, to check out the new album. Um, so there you go. Okay, Tall Wickenfield. Uh, Wickenfeld, excuse me. Uh, she used to play with Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck passed away recently. So she's kind of a new gun for hire out on the scene. And the first band that actually gets to use her is Incubus. Mm. Because she's going to be filling in for um, Incubus bassist Ben Kenny as he apparently is recovering from brain surgery, which is wow. pretty intense. 
and I hope everything goes well with that. But she's an amazing bass player. Have you ever seen her play? Tal Wickenfield. Ever seen her play, David? Don't know that I have. I'll have to show you a video on uh, YouTube. She's uh, like a prodigy. She's like a phenom, and she has this finger-picking style of bass where she's just very passionate and just expressive, and she's been playing at a very young age. Jeff Beck started playing with her like way back in 2007, I think, or 2008, when she was just a teenager. A teenager, wow. She was like a, a prodigy, and he brought her along and kind of exposed her and... Um, you know, brought her to fame. and um, So anyway, uh, she's amazing. I can't wait to see what she's going to do with Incubus. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll say that she might make it make that sound a lot more interesting for people that are going to go be uh, seeing that Incubus show. I would go and see it with her because that would be once in a lifetime to see her tackle some bass lines like that. So very, co uh, very cool and a speedy recovery to Ben. Uh, Panic at the Disco breaking up. Uh, they had some funny memes about this. I don't know if you saw any of this. There's this this meme, and it's like four of the same lady, and they're all sitting around the, the table. And the meme is Brendan in a meeting with himself deciding to break up Panic at the Disco, inferring that basically he's the one calling all the shots in the band, and all of the other people in the band have no say. <laughs> so... Uh, people are actually kind of excited about it. Some fans, it says, Panic at the Disco finally broke up. Fall Out Boy and Paramore are dropping albums, and My Chemical Romance is working on new music. The scene is finally healing. So apparently a lot of people have kind of a stigma attached to Panic at the Disco. Oh. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I think it's because of uh, the lead singer, Brendan, and the way that he cleared house out of the band and fired a lot of people. Basically, it's his band now, and... There's hired guns, so to speak, in the band, but not true members. Uh, so, I don't know. I think fans don't really like that, right? Like, that would be like, I don't know, Chino Moreno from the Deftones, and it's just him. And he's calling it the Deftones, and he fired everybody else in the band. I don't think that, I don't know. That wouldn't sit right. What do you think about Well, I mean, like I that? think it, it assumes that people don't get attached to the artistic contributions that people make. You right. Know, it's, a, it's a little bit, I mean... For me, with a band, I I always like, in some ways, getting to know the backgrounds, you know, the meaning that people are putting right. into music, and you lose those those people in particular like configurations. It, it's yep. a bummer. Yeah, and especially when something controversial happens, and then there's always that saying of like separating the art from the person, yeah. because maybe something controversial will happen to a band, and you're like, oh man, I really like that band, and yeah. now there's that stigma attached with it, right? Well, it breaks the. Uh, you get a myth around some bands, and yep. and you, you you like to have that. That's what the entertainment is all about. The mystery too. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. All right, did you hear this? Morse code is making a comeback. David. I like this. All right, this was interesting story that I never heard of uh, something like this. That is, uh, I thought it was really clever too to some of these artists. So. Check it out. Here's how the story goes. 70-year-old Howard Bernstein of Long Island, he noticed more young teens joining his club for amateur radio, uh, which is uh, uh, kind of a weird thing for kids to be interested in, right? Well, the reason why is they want to learn Morse code. Of the 3,500 members in his club, most are over 50. It's like, you know, guys that like the old, like, ham radios and stuff, right? Well, now... 400 new members are teens and kids, and it's growing. And he says it's a new, uh, uh, apparently during lockdown, K-pop bands may be the reason why. South Korean boy bands New EST and TXT have both used Morse code in their music videos and to give clues to fans regarding upcoming releases. And it says, quote, parents love their kids learning it as, as it was still quite academic. Bernstein said Morse code was created in 1884 to be used for telegraph. Some research indicates using Morse code can improve brain health. I'm sure it, it could. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? I thought that I was just, really well, cool. Well, the thing that is just keeps <laughs> coming up in my mind is is uh, the change in, in, in Howie's home life. Right? I know, right? <laughs> Howie, what I, are you doing up in the attic so long? I got, right? I got all these K-pop kids, I got honey. these K-pop kids. They won't leave me alone. They won't leave me alone. They want to learn Morse code. <laughs> I, yeah, they say I mean, a new they, album's coming out next week, and they gotta decipher this they gotta code. Decipher, they they gotta <laughs> learn the new codes. I I like this. I, I it, it just 
makes me see him walking around with a little bit of pep in his step. And it makes me think of something like Radiohead would do this, or yeah. a, a band like whatever, Arcade Fire, or what, any of those bands. We, all right, we got our new album, but here you have to decipher the Morse code, and then you can go to the website name and download it for yeah. free. Well, something I mean, like that. something I love about this is it's sort of like the reanimating of a world. Right. In a sense, you know, bringing something. This guy, 70 year old Howie Bernstein, <laughs> yeah. has been doing this for, for a while, and it's something he's excited about. And now all of a sudden, yeah, he, he gets 400 that, new members 400 that are new kids members. that have like a, a an exciting new kind of reason why Morse code is relevant again. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I that. love that. I yeah, love you that. You know, kind of kudos stuff. to those South Korean boy bands. Yeah. That's pretty clever. That's It is really clever. Uh, good stuff. All right. So Danny Carey assault charges are dismissed. Finally, um, it's it was a, a stupid little court case. I guess he got in an argument after a game, um, and now it's it's closed. It was it happened December 21. I can't believe it's been already that long at the Kansas City International Airport. Oops, I deleted that. But <laughs> apparently, he was verbally abusing another man in a terminal following the Kansas Missouri college basketball game. He was talking some smack and got arrested. <laughs> and so they dropped the charges, though. So there you go. Oh yeah, did you see this? Ozzy appearing in this new Super Bowl commercial. Have you seen the? the I commercial? haven't actually seen the commercial. All right. Already? Yeah, I have a YouTube link here for it. Uh, I'll, I'll pop it open here, let it load, and then uh, we'll we'll watch this. But for everybody listening, I'll describe what happens in the the commercial. So it says on February twelfth. Uh, the corporate world will be rocked and it's for this new company called Workday and they have a couple new ads featuring uh, Joan Jett uh, who's the other one? Gary Clark Jr. and the idea is that they have rock stars coming into their place of business right and I, it's a term that I think you use like you know oh that guy's a rock star oh yeah he's a good salesman right he's a rock star so they're playing on that type of thing and uh, let's uh, let's let's watch this. Uh, I want to make sure that you guys can see it. Let me switch cameras here to where you guys can see this. All right. Let's show the display capture. Here we go. All right. Make this big. All right. Everybody can see this now. Good. All right. Here we go. Who's the new guy? I don't know, but he's supposed to be some kind of. Rockstar. Which one of you wants a piercing? <laughs> Says which one of you wants a piercing? Pretty good though, right? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty clever. Yeah. I mean, you know, Ozzy's got a short good and sweet. Yeah, to the point. Short and sweet to the point. Doesn't make him look stupid. Um, it, it's pretty funny. Yeah, uh, it's pretty clever. Uh, well, I mean, play I on words. Say, it is. It keeps him rock star. That's right. right. Some of these they get ridiculous for a minute. You know? I know. Uh, some some old like uh, Brady Bunch such and such right. now becomes the the vixen or whatever. It's like but no, he's, he's he's still got the seeing Ozzy in this outfit though is pretty scary. I gotta say, like yeah. that's like I've never that's like Ozzy wearing a costume. You know, he's like, and does he have he has the uh, like the uh, he's still got the contacts in there? No, that looks like eyeliner. Oh, it you mean contacts? Like he's oh, got like, like, he's like yellow contacts in <laughs> you know, like e evil eyes. Yeah, now. like those are just his natural eyes. Oh, they've changed. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he does have little bat eyes. Lost now. the proteins there. It's the rabies from that bat. That he yeah, had. yeah. They they come back and infect him every now and then, <laughs> and give him powers. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> he's now one of the last of us. Or... Good stuff. Yeah. Have you been watching that? I can't. I don't oh. have the. Uh, Oh, you come over but here I heard and watch a, it. I heard a really good review. Of it. It's fantastic. Yeah. The Last of Us is uh, based on the video game. It's on HBO. It is killer, guys. Uh, all right, so let's get to some birthdays. Let's play an ad real quick uh, and give us a break here. Let's play an ad for uh, what we got here. Let's do, uh, oh, yeah, let's do this one. And now a message from one of our sponsors. New York City, 1929. The air is thick with crime, dirt, grit, and passion. He walks alone. You know that, Jack? With a side. But who walks alone, Nancy? With a side of pickles, Jack. Damn it, Nancy. Who walks alone? 
This fall, there's a new hope on the streets for the innocent, and a new threat to the guilty. I work alone, Johnny. No need to drag you along like a side of fries. Yeah, detective? I know you like to go lean, but sometimes you gotta double down, get beefy. Remember, we're a team. There is no team. After a life-threatening disaster leaves Detective Angus's face horribly scarred, but his cognitive abilities increase, giving him incredible foresight into hindsight. I see it, Nancy. What did you see, Johnny? Tortilla Face will most likely strike again, as he did before. My God! You'll say that again in 15 seconds, Nancy. I predict it, because that rat bastard left another clue. What is it? He played us like the drums, Nancy. He left his calling card at the scene of the crime. A slipknot. My God! A menace lurking in the shadows finds an arch nemesis and hamburger man. They call him the savior of this city. What do they call you, boss? Psychosocial. His existence and mine, a duality, if you will. Or as Hamburger Man would say it, the devil and I. What do we do now, boss? We wait, henchmen. We wait and bleed. Ronald Snargetson as Detective Angus. My face, like a monkey, threw up into a meat grinder. That's why I fight greasy. Tiddly Sweeney Doo as Nancy Groucho. It doesn't matter, Johnny. I love you. I love your ugly mug. And Benedict Cumberback as Tortilla Face. It all goes down tonight, Detective. Santa Maria, you're ugly. And that comes from a man whose face looks like Freddy Krueger's kneecaps. Hamburger Man and Tortilla Face. The Reckoning. Let's get back to it. Yes, that's a great movie. Um, it's in. It was in theaters for a very limited run. I think it was just one afternoon. Hamburger Face and Tortilla Man, and uh, that was it. Well, those like those film noir, you know, they don't. I don't have. They don't seem to play them on Turner Classic no, movies no, as much as they used yeah, to. Yeah, you got. So they're all, they're like midnight midnight movies stuff. You know, they're showing freaking Woody Allen movies and stuff like that now. <laughs> All right, it's time for some birthdays, so let's get to it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right, time for those rock birthdays. David, take it away, man. Uh, Robin Zander, lead singer and guitarist for Cheap Trick is 70. Happy birthday. What note do you think he's singing right there? I'd say that's a high, that's an E flat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just screaming at a very high-pitched moment. There's actually no music being played. What do you think? Some volume in his hair. Yeah. It does look very flat. It's flat. Serial killer Yeah, what is he using? Like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type of guy. <laughs> but he's got a cool suit and some yeah, cool yeah, glasses. Yeah, the white suit. You know? Kind of right. Miami Vice. Terry Chimes, former drummer from The Clash, is 67. Oh, man. Yeah, speaking Classic. of a cool suit. Adam Lambert, singer for Queen. Um, and Adam Lambert is 41 years old. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's older than us. That's My kind gosh. of a trip, huh? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, Nick Mason, drummer for Pink Floyd, is 79 years old. 79 and still doing it. Uh, yeah. He's got his, uh, it's like Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets or something like that. I forget what he calls his group, but uh, he's still out there doing it. And they focus on the early era of Pink Floyd. It's really cool. Mm. Um, all right, so we got some trivia. So we got some trivia to get to. Let's do it. This week in rock and roll history, trivia. All right, this week in Rock and Roll History Trivia, guys. This week in 1980, this musician was released from a Tokyo jail where he'd been imprisoned for 10 days after trying to carry a half pound of marijuana through customs at the Tokyo airport. Who was it? Was it A, Bob Marley, B, Paul McCartney, 
C, Keith Richards, or D, David Cocaine Crosby? That's a tough one because Bob Marley was be my these. first guest, but he, he wasn't doing too well at that time, was he? Uh, yeah, right around that time, I think, you know, some, yeah, I can't remember exactly the year, but in the early 80s. Well, you know what, I'm going to guess Bob Marley. Just going with Bob Marley yeah, on that? Marley. All right. Um, what do you guys think? Anyone in the chat? Paul? Sally says Paul. Sally's going hmm. with Paul, huh? Okay. Let's see here. Well, Sally's wow, right. Wow, Sally, you are good. Look at this picture here of... Paul getting arrested and going to, or this must have been when he was going to court. Um, his arrival at Tokyo's Narita International Airport on January 16, 1980, marked his first visit to Japan since the Beatles tour of 66, which is kind of crazy, right? The occasion was planned by an 11-city concert by his band Wings, but instead it was limited to a nine-day stint because at the Tokyo Narcotics Detention Center, it ended on January 25, 1980. Do you think uh, maybe Yoko narked on him? Well, it says here, McCartney was found to be carrying nearly a half a pound of marijuana in his baggage. So Come it's on. like he didn't even try and hide <laughs> Come it. On. An amount that they would say, like... Half pound? That's a they lot. They said it was solely for his personal use, and that's a huge amount, right? The amount was large enough to warrant a smuggling charge and a potential seven-year prison sentence. Given Japan's reputation for rigorous enforcement of its drug laws... It was by no means at the time a foregone conclusion that he would escape trial and possibly imprisonment. Yet, he was released and quickly deported from Japan on January 25th, 1980, prior to making any appearance in court. Wow. We didn't even have to go to court. Do you think they would do that nowadays? Something like that? Or do you they let uh, him off that easy? I feel like these days it would have so much attention it would be a somebody lot Somebody like uh, Post Malone or somebody yeah, who goes yeah. over there with a half pound of marijuana in Japan. And, I mean, well, you look at the uh, nice, clean-cut young man that Paul McCartney was there. Yeah. Got his, got his. Uh, he does have a sport coat on. I, I feel like the, uh, the power that he had did help him out quite a bit. And he does look like a... Uh, Angela Lansbury there. Oh my goodness. Doesn't he? Rest in peace. A young Angela Lansbury. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, all right. So anyway, uh, let's move on to some more trivia. We have another trivia question. Oh my God. This week in rock and roll history, trivia. It's a double dose of trivia this week, guys. In 1977, this musician is sent to a mental hospital after attacking his accountant with an air rifle. The CPA was trying to give him a $30,000 royalty check that the musician had earlier refused. Who was it? Was it A, Ted Nugent, B, Sid Vicious, C, Peter Green, or D, David Cocaine Crosby? Hmm. What do you think here, Sally? What do you think on this one? What are you going with? Uh, I probably said vicious, but I want to go with Ted Nugent. <laughs> you you think it's Sid, but you your but heart's I, telling you. But my you. heart's telling me it's Ted Nugent. <laughs> your mind's telling you Sid. Yep. Heart's telling you Ted. And then it's probably Peter. <laughs> it could. I mean, it could be any of these guys. They were all you know wild dudes in 1977. And Ted Nugent, he's the big uh, guns. He was guy, a gun right? nut. He was a gun nut. But. I don't know. I think he would have used a regular gun instead yeah, of that's, an air, yeah, rifle. air rifle. That's why I make mean, Sid Vicious just seems like the trickster kind of guy. Uh, Sally's taking a break. All right, so she, no guess from her. It's actually Peter Green. Well, well, well. So here's the deal. In 1977, uh, Fleetwood Mac founder Peter Green is sent to a mental hospital after attacking his accountant with an air rifle, trying to give him a $30,000 royalty check. Here's the little bit of history behind it. it was, it's kind of an interesting story. In the mid-70s, Fleetwood Mac entered a new, very prosperous era. New fans, you know, they got all this extra money, right? So, apparently, Green wanted no part of his past because they were digging up all this old material, reissuing it, okay. trying to make money off of it. And he was trying to lead this new, simple life. He had found, like, he oh, took acid okay. a couple times, okay. went to this hippie commune. I was having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Someone's trying to bring me a check for $30,000. I don't want to shoot He him. was uh, trying to do this whole hippie lifestyle, right? So he, he was frustrated about all this, and so he contacted a former Fleetwood Mac manager about his financials. 
I phoned up and asked him if, if he had any money, said Green in The Man of the World, some kind of an autobiography, I guess. And he said, the accountants got your money. So on January 26, 1977, Green armed himself with a shotgun he smuggled in from a trip to Canada and paid accountant David Simons a Simmons a visit, threatening to shoot him. The twist is that Green was not upset about lack of money, but rather was distraught because the royalty checks kept coming. <laughs> so he was upset yeah, that, that the like... money was coming. The police were called, and Green was arrested and thrown in jail. I was quite happy in prison, so I thought I'd be all right, Green said, but they said, you failed the psychiatric test. Green was committed to a mental institution, placed under heavy sedation, diagnosed with schizophrenia. After a period of time, he was released to live with his family. However, when the doctor said the environment of the hospitals was more detrimental than it was helpful. Kind of crazy, huh? Wow. So, Well, it's one of those things that, you know, sometimes you have those moments where you make a decision yeah and you think if you don't stick to it right things are gonna fall apart yeah seems like it was it was sort of in that vein where he's like no i just have to have it be this way and very influenced by lsd <laughs> let's, yep let's, let's uh not forget that yep all right so we got some new rock and metal albums this week in less than 30 seconds can we do it oh i forgot to get the timer going this week i need to get a timer next week David, go. January 27th. And Oceans as in Gardens, So in Tombs, and Zilu. <laughs> oh, you skipped it over. Ex Nihilo, Arctic, Arctic Rain, Unity, Bizarre Cult, Den Taptic Kriegen, <laughs> Conjureth, The Parasitic Chambers, Crown, Operation Phoenix, Dismal, Via Entis, Dokken, The Electra Albums, Dust Prophet, One Last Look Upon, Electric Mob, To Make You Cry and Dance, Gearish, <laughs> and The Chronicles, uh, Back on Earth. Girl School, The School Report, Green Day, Nimrod, Re-Release, Holocaust, Heavy Metal Mania, The Complete Recordings, Volume 1, 1980 through 1984, Hour of Penance, uh, Misotheism, Re-Release, Iron Void, 4, uh, Nognarn, Nogjarn, (laughs) Nogjarn, everyone's favorite, Bedovening, right, Lives in Kaliuka, Love Gang, Main Street, The Lucid, Saddle Up and Ride, New Miserable Experience, Philosophia and Pessimism, Obelisk, <laughs> Ultimate Grace of God, Ominous Scriptures, Ritual of Mass Self-Ignition, <laughs> Oozing Wound, We Cater to Cowards, Pelican, City of Echoes, Re-Release, That's a, that's a kid's Romero, band. Raised, oh my goodness. Oozing station. Wound, that's a child's band. No, <laughs> no, <I'm just> um, <laughs> uh, raised on Heavy uh, Radio, Smashing Pumpkins, Adam, a rock opera in three acts, act two. Sun or Sun Cognitive Re-release, Sun Tellurian Re-release, Steve Vai, Vai Gash, Suasion the Infinite, The Tangent, Pyramid Stars, and other stories of Tangent Live Recordings, Uriah Heap, Chaos and Color, White Reaper, Ask for a Ride, You, Me at Six, Truth Decay. Wow. I did not come anywhere that was close not to 30 anywhere seconds. near 30 seconds. But still, I felt like that was like five minutes. Yeah, it was. It was a long I'm one. I'm so tired. My talking apparatus is so tired right now. Oozing wound. Oozing that's, wound. I think that's the, my favorite out of that list uh, this week. All right, movie, TV, entertainment news, some gaming news. Pamela Anderson says Tim Allen flashed her when she was 23. Well, well, well. That's right. In Tim her- the Tool Man. Tim. Yeah, they don't call me the Tool Man for nothing. In her book, uh, it's called Love, Pamela. She says that Tim Allen exposed himself to her on the set of Home Improvement in 1991 when she was 23 years old. She says, on the first day of filming, I walked out of my dressing room and Tim was in the hallway with his robe. He opened his robe and flashed me quickly, completely naked underneath. He said it was only fair because he had seen me naked. Now we're even. I laughed uncomfortably. Hmm. Alan denied the accusation. No, it never happened. I would never do such a thing. And then a video came out of an outtake from uh, Home Improvement where Tim is wearing a kilt in one of the scenes. And he flashes his co-star on the camera. Mr. Beard? No, no, the lady. uh, The lady that plays his wife. Wow. uh, Flashes her. And I would never do such a yeah, thing. Yeah, and then that came out the next day, and it was like, oh, really? You wouldn't? Wow, wow. Tim Allen. Tim Allen, a little hot water. But, you know, you know I guess he's, like, uncancelable because he's, like, sort of canceled already. I know. It's kind of like a Roseanne situation, yeah. maybe. So, who knows, man. Uh, season 3 trailer for Mandalorian. We don't need to watch it, but it was pretty awesome. Apparently, it's the um, most viewed trailer in Disney Plus history or something. 
Uh, it was viewed 83 million views in its first 24 hours. Ayo. So, yeah. It's going to be coming out, uh, I think, March 1st or March 31st. I can't remember exactly. March 1st, I think it is. All righty. Um, <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly's acting skills uh, are not being appreciated as he is up for seven Razzies. Have you heard of the Razzies? I have. I They're have. Golden Raspberry Awards. They give it away for all of the worst in Hollywood. You know, right when they announce the Oscars for all the best, they announced theirs for the Razzies. And apparently this new movie that Machine Gun Kelly's in, worst it's his biopic, <laughs> it's called Good Morning. They, it got nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Screenplay, two nominations for Worst Supporting Actor, which go to Maud Sun and Pete Davidson. The movie is also up for Worst Actor, Worst Director, Worst On-Screen Combo. So I think I watched like the first five minutes of this. Did you? What did you think? Well, I mean, I'm a little <laughs> bit confused. Like, that... This is a biopic, right? Yeah, yeah. Where'd all his neck tattoos go in this picture here? Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. I don't know where What's the, it, they, 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 He didn't act as someone else. Uh, is this like yeah. him as a younger person then? Yeah, this must be him early on, maybe. I don't know. This oh, is okay. Old, so this, this is, is not some reason. This is not at the Razzie Awards. No, 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 no. This it's is like, an old press photo. This is like a. Uh, yeah, that's not part of the uh, actual article. Well, I, uh, I'm going to have to say I found it somewhat off putting. Yeah, the first five minutes, and I turned it <laughs> off. Well, I think that's what most people thought, so it, it doesn't look like it's a good one. Speaking of vanishing tattoos, Pete Davidson had all of his Kim Kardashian tattoos removed. He got Kim Kardashian tattoos that fast. Huh? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he must have done it himself. He had a bunch. He had Jasmine, Aladdin, My Girl is a Lawyer, KNSCP, all these different tattoos, and, and the word Kim. So... That's like five different tattoos. So, yeah, Pete's got, I don't know, some issues there with that. How long were they dating? Not not, not many, very long, not right? Many, I don't know. A year, maybe? Right? Wow. So who knows, man? Whatever. This was kind of cool. News from around the world. Radio signal from galaxy nearly 9 billion light years away was captured at a um, facility in India. It's, it's a thing that uses what's called the giant meter wave radio telescope in India, detected a radio signal emitted by hydrogen atoms. The hydrogen is believed to be 8.8 billion years old and is the furthest radio signal of this type detected by scientists on Earth. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's amazing. 8.8 billion years old. Wow. Uh, just unreal, man. So I, I love that our technology is getting better and more accurate and we're able mm -hmm. to see this kind of stuff now and detect it. It's so cool. Um, all right. What do we got here? Obnoxiously loud car traffic camera. These one they started doing this in New York City. That they have cameras now that are capable with sound meters of identifying souped-up cars and motorbikes, and then they take a picture of of said, uh, you know, motorbike or whatever. What do you think of that? Good I want idea? one of those. I want one of those behind my house. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like this idea because there's a lot of people that, in, you know, ride around with their motorcycles and really loud, stupid cars all the time. And I don't know. I think that's a, you know, it's gotten to the problem where it's disturbing other people on a consistent basis and they have to think of something. Yeah, they got it for speed. Right. You know, so. Now that now it's sound. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I can just hear like my neighbor complaining about this. Oh, yeah. Did you hear? Yeah. Go government's taking over. <laughs> Uh, exercise can turn into addiction. I thought this was kind of interesting. They did this Norwegian University of Science study. They observed 20, 227 recreational runners, whether they use running in a positive or negative way. And they were saying a lot of people use it in a self-suppressive way, meaning the runner was trying to avoid their problems by running away from them. And the running and the exercise was a way of them kind of escaping uh, their depression or problems and, and kind of putting it in another way. In another way, they say that exercise dependence makes it less likely that a person will experience more satisfaction with life the more they exercise because they're putting uh, all of their happiness in exercise. And so they want to exercise more and more and more. And they're, ne they're saying that they're never going to reach that level that they want to. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I don't know. I, I, I know some people that are kind of like that in a way that they've replaced one thing with exercise now and. I guess well, and then you're so you're so focused on that that you, you know, you might feel guilt when you're not doing it, and you don't find your happiness life, in yeah. any other way. When you're sitting around with your wife at the house or whatever, or uh, hanging out with your friends, you're like, oh, I'd rather be in the gym, 
Yeah. Know, getting those endorphins released. It's all about the balance. Got to have balance. I got, I, got, right? I got that one covered. Yeah. I don't run too much. <laughs> don't have to worry about that. That's good. Have you heard about the iPhone app that lets you talk to Hitler? Ayo. <laughs> and Does, Jeffrey uh, Epstein. Uh, oh, my All goodness. All the favorites. Oh, my goodness. We were just talking about chat GPT, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And chat, we have another thing that we'll get into that's a little bit later about chat GPT, which is the crazy algorithm generates virtual versions of dead people from Jesus to Jeffrey Epstein. And it was developed by a 25-year-old student, Sedant Chada. The app gives you access to 20,000 historical figures who can talk to users as if they were still alive. Oh, my goodness. And it's on iPhone. you got to download it. What is it called? Um, new chatbot. Uh, it's called Historical Figures. It's oh, I'm, iPhone I'm on app. that. you got to do it. Okay. Maybe Chris. we do that, and then we put it on the stream. Like, next week, we can chat with somebody. That is fantastic. Like, i got to know, though. <laughs> who's, who's your choice? Ooh, oh, that's a good question, man. If I could chat with anybody, a historical figure, man, that's wild to think about. Um, <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Uh, you had Mussolini a second ago. <laughs> I know. No, I don't want. See, I don't want. Il like, I don't know. I, I, I want somebody that's like, like somebody like John Steinbeck. I'd oh, love, you know that right there, Chris. <laughs> You're a man of letters. You are a man of letters. That's somebody that I think I would love to like pick pick his brain and ask him some cool yeah. context questions about books that I've read of his and be like, is this based in fact? Did you really know these people? What was it like doing this at that era? You know, that whole thing of California and what it was like back then, I would like to. Well, I remember high school. You read the heck out of John Steinbeck. Yeah, he was my favorite author. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool uh, getting into that. When you're young like that and you discover those things, they're really influential and they uh, strike a chord with you sometimes. And yeah, John yeah, Steinbeck was one of those writing. guys. So, who would you choose? I don't know. Oh, uh, this is question. a little this is a little complicated. <laughs> I know right who I would choose. Okay, but I hesitate to say. Just spread it, it spit it out. Let's do it. Joseph Smith. Oh, okay. <laughs> Right. We won't get into that. Though. <laughs> we might cover it a little bit, and we got another yeah, there's article. A, in yeah, here, there's but. a religious thing coming up here. Yeah, but yeah, that would be good to see like what the deal was yep, and yep, the, yep. the history of that, and maybe the inspiration. And yeah, to pick yep, those people's yep. brains, man, be pretty wild. Okay, this is wild. TikTok has a button that can make anyone go viral, and it's literally a physical button. It's like something out of a movie where they actually press a button. In the TikTok, it's the golden buzzer. Yeah, what? it's known internally. There was a memo that was leaked, um, and it's known internally as heating. There's the Forbes got a hold of this and this memo. So, the term heating refers to a manual button which TikTok staff can push that makes sure specific videos achieve a certain number of views. Another document called TikTok Heating Policy said that employees may use heating to, quote, attract influencers and promote diverse content. Well, look at that. TikTok has never publicly disclosed that it engages in this practice, but it was discovered by Forbes and kind of exposed. Now, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I'd, li- I'd like to do a uh, little bit of some, some uh, on-site ethnographic research. Yep. See what goes on that's, in those That's companies. very interesting. So we'll see more of that. So I think we should get into egg smuggling. Uh, David, what do you think about the egg smuggling game? I'm all for it. Yeah, um, the egg smuggling game's really hot right now. Um, and apparently, if we go down to Tijuana, there's some of the cheapest eggs, and we bring them back into California. Well, is this a situation where you you come back up over the border and you lay a bunch of eggs, or what? <laughs> this is actually happening in San Diego, as officers in San Diego Customs are reporting that people are going to Tijuana, grabbing a bunch of eggs. And trying to bring them back to California, there you can't do that <laughs> for one. But people are trying. That's how desperate it's getting. I guess. My gosh. I mean, you know, I. I'm, am I allowed to speak yes. openly on this? Speak freely. I think it's a big racket. I mean, yeah. This this situation with eggs. I'm sorry, egg industry. Do you think there, chickens a- are the best pet? I know. They lay you the eggs right? that you need more than you need. Why do we have all these municipal codes 
that restrict the number of chickens. Yep. They are just the best thing to have. I mean, I know there is disease and there are worries about those types of things. It, no, but, but I think you're right. I think it has to do there. There, I read an article on Friday that I didn't include it here, but it, there was an investigation that's starting to happen now into the egg, uh, whatever conglomerate, <laughs> yeah. corporate uh, entity that it is here. They're, they think that there's price gouging going on oh, and, yeah. and that it's a conspiracy by the people there to try and cash in on this opportunity. Yeah. So they, they create these things of like, oh, it's the bird flu and we had to slaughter all these uh, birds, you know, this year, chickens, because we didn't want it to spread and now our demand or our supply is really low. So the price has to go up. Sorry. You know? Yeah. And you look to the egg cartels. Yeah. So who knows, man? Who knows? Ultrasound therapy could reverse aging. I thought this was kind of wild and almost like out of a sci-fi movie. Really? They do this. They were experimenting on mice, um, and they were old mice, apparently 22 and 25 months old, which I guess is like 60s or 70s in human years. And they mm. were uh, mice. They were able to actually uh, cure a hunchback on one animal, and they were to be able to run further and faster on a treadmill after uh, receiving this. Uh, ultrasound therapy, kind of crazy. It's just huh? these uh, rapid vibrations. Yeah, that... the process restarts cell division, bringing cells back to life and awaking them from a zombie state. It's low frequency waves. Heck yeah! So I think that's kind of cool. I mean, that's you know, it sucks we got to test it on little poor little mice, but you know, it's a low frequency wave. Doesn't seem like it would be very harmful. Well, didn't have uh, didn't have a terrible effect on them. No, and it seemed like you know cured the hunchback. They were able to run farther and faster in their old age. I think that's pretty neat. They may be onto something. So, and they says uh, Professor Michael Sheets says I don't think rejuvenation is too strong a term. So, so what's a guy gotta do around to here get to some get low an ultrasound? Waves? Huh? Well, you just gotta stand in front of the bass at a concert. You I know, it's stand that... in front of the subwoofer. So if if all these musicians <laughs> would stop doing drugs, they'd that's be how living they like the hundreds we, of years. We figured old. out how Keith Richards is able to stay as young as he is. Right? It's all the low frequency waves from his uh, rumbling guitar and bass that he stands in front of that actively regenerates his cells on stage, <laughs> and he becomes youthful every time he plays his music. That's and that's why the the wrinkles. Well, he's just literally always had melt those, off and on stage in real time. On... In real time. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That is, uh, I thought that what was what cool, they though. won't think of next. I know newfangled contraptions. All right, we got one more, a couple more uh, stories here. Uh, we got ChatGPT. I thought this was interesting, as uh, religion is losing its hold in the U.S. They say that churches are closing at a rapid rate in the U.S. They're saying that Christianity altogether, even as a faith. It still continues to dominate American politics, but it's trending downward. They say about 4,500 Protestant churches closed in 2019 and about 3,000 new churches 4, opening. 4,500. Wow. It was the first time, I guess, since they've been keeping track of this stuff, the number of churches in the U.S. hadn't grown since that firm started studying the topic. Wow. Decades. So what do you think? I mean, pandemic speeding up a broader trend of Americans turning away from Christianity. Well, say the closures will only have accelerated that. So Yeah, I mean, I'm right there. I'm in the camp. We don't ever, like, get religious or nothing here, but I'm in the camp. You believe whatever you want, and I think you could do that in the comfort of your own home or with your own friends and family or in a much smaller type of gathering. I don't think you need these big mega churches or big buildings where it's all this contest uh you know a fashion show who put more money in the in the collection thing oh did you see johnny over there with his family oh you know and it's this whole like you know keeping up with the joneses that i think that church really yeah. has turned into that i don't it's got away from it's what it should be what I, do you, you think know? uh what do you think is contributing to this decline? i think it's the the pandemic and how people are staying home and feeling like you know what I can appreciate the Lord here at my house, and I don't need to go to a church to do that if, you know, it's not safe to do so or I'm just not feeling it anymore. Or maybe yeah. there's a sea change in the types of, of younger people that don't agree with the type of structure and old-fashioned ways that the church has always been doing. So, Yeah, I think there's, I think there's something to that. I mean, I know uh, the, the tendency to be staying home 
And yep. then just how polarized politics have gotten in the last few years. It's a perfect and how, storm for how it. nasty people have gotten and how kind of mm-hmm. crazy, you know, people have gotten, especially those who who tend to 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 I guess put on that banner of representing yep. the, the church folk, I guess. Yep. Um, and in I, the, yep, and I think popular it, culture. it paints it in a bad light, and I think yeah. people are starting to see that. That hey, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to mess with that, you know. Yeah. And something that I think people are starting to see that they don't really want to mess with, and maybe are starting to fear in general, is this whole Chat GPT and how it supposedly will destabilize some white collar jobs uh, that have traditionally been run by people for decades. Of course, everybody's used technology as part of their job. But this chat GPT AI, they're saying, is going to reduce employment for college-educated edu- workers. As technology continues to advance, it's going to be able to perform tasks that were previously thought to require a high level of ca- education and skill. Don't need that anymore. Yeah. Don't need to go to school for that. So, I mean, do you think, too, in terms of losing jobs, that universities are going to have to adapt and change as well? These courses are not going to be taken by people as much anymore if a chat GP- GPI or GPT bot is going to be doing the job for them. Uh yeah, 100%. I mean, this is this is kind of the long march of capitalism is the figure out a way you don't have to pay a worker, just automate it. Yeah. How can we cut those corners and make this a lot cheaper for our and a bigger bottom line for us as a corporation? Yeah, it's uh, you know, so golly, that's it's definitely terrifying to me. Um I'm a professor, so <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, I know. So and I, you know, this is one of those things you got to ask the question. Well, then, what's the next step? Where where yeah. is the employment going to come from? Yep. And um, what are we going to be doing? What are we going to be doing? What's our role in and, this? And you know, I guess as you look at the decline in social, or sorry, in service sector um, employment that mm-hmm. is has been happening over the last decade or so with Amazon and you know, loss of retail jobs and things like that makes you wonder at what point are people going to go, Hey, I don't, I don't know uh, what we're going to do here on, on, on this. So, yep, I agree. It's going to be an interesting, uh, next decade. I'll say that. Um, okay. We got to find a mermaid, David, because they're offering $1 million. If we could find a mermaid, we have to submit video evidence of this mermaid. So I, here's my proposition. One of us dresses up like a mermaid we film each other. Oh my God. Oh, we're out in this water. Oh, oh, chicken of the sea. Look, I found the mermaid. And then we come up and we're, oh, I'm a mermaid. Oh, hey. Can and it be we, a merman or? I don't see why not. Okay. And we could, we could get the outfit and make a video footage of it and well, submit it. That's the uh, Sasquatch. You know, the famous one walking through the, through the forest right? there in like Oregon or whatever. That was apparently. Some guy it was a set hoax. it all up. It was a hoax. Watch. I think we're going to see a, a flood of mermaid hoaxes now that they're offering this $1 million reward. And some pretty funny videos. Uh, yeah. Because you know they're going to start popping up. Yeah, yeah. Go to com <laughs> and submit yours, guys. It would be funny if somebody just like walked into the bathtub and their wife's in there or something with like a half-assed mermaid costume from well, what's Halloween. The what's the name of that movie? You remember <laughs> that movie? Uh, Splash? Oh, with um Cher. So, so, or, and, or like Daryl Hannah and Yeah, Cher I think and, it was that. Yeah, and they were like mermaids or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? That's right. The first butt I ever saw. <laughs> From that 1980s film. Right? That's great. That was a good one. All right. Are you ready for the Baja Blast hot sauce? Because it's here, and it's it's turquoise. Look at that. <laughs> this is, you. you were you talking about this? Yes. <laughs> so, Mountain Dew. Mountain Baja Dew Blast. Baja Blast, which is a bright blue color, is now a hot sauce that you can get. And there's only 750 bottles of this limited edition Baja Blast hot sauce that is a color of, I don't know, nightmares. It looks it looks horrible. Okay, so we were talking about this pre-recording <laughs> it and looks not like opening Freeze. things, right? <laughs> there you it's go. Some, some record. This would be one of those. Yes. Right? You got it there sitting next to your Rubik's Cube in the packaging. I agree. And your Baja I have Blast. A ca- I have a case of unopened Surge up there. It, it's like we <laughs> got, yeah, Surge, right? Oh, I my haven't opened gosh. it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be those one of those ones that I keep, right? Check it out. And you're going to be uh, happy to know that this next one I've actually ordered. Check this out. I was able to get this. 
Chili cheese, bro. Hormel has teamed up for the Super Bowl and Modest Brewing Company to make a new lager, Hormel Chili Cheese Brew. <laughs> the beverage features a corn chip flavored base, spices, and hints of cheddar. Four packs are available at HormelChiliCheeseBrew.com for $24, and you better believe I ordered one, and I got lucky enough to order it. The order went through before it sold out, and it should be here soon. Corn chip flavored. Now, question, is there MSG in it? <laughs> I, I, I hope not. Okay. It that, says it, that gives me a headache. But It I'll, says man. it pairs well with recliners, gaming, and late-night snack attacks. So, Hormel <laughs> Chili Chili Cheese Brew. I'm going to leave that in the can as a collector's item. So, so I want to know. I, I got to see the ingredients. I want to know if it's uh, uh, essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> like actual ground-up corn chili, chips? Like, yeah, ground-up, like actually squished down. Uh, right? I don't know, man. We'll have to give it a shot. Maybe I'll try one of them on stream. Maybe, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give Nutera. it a shot. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, guys. That's it for us this week. Rock News Weekly, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at Rock News Weekly. Rocknewsweekly.com. Watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. Give us a like and a follow. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We upload every week. And we'll see you next week. All right, guys? Have a good one. Peace. Yeah.